Hello everyone, this is Finder Film. My name is Eric Holmes and I'm here with Bruce Perky. This is Finder Film after after dark. Uh, this is the guys club tonight. Only men allowed. In fact, that's what we'll be talking about tonight is men. So kick back, relax, pop top on some beers if you like, or maybe a non-alcoholic drink if you're on the wagon. Hey, that's cool too, man. We're going to talk about men. always can count on eric for the good intros so men we saw the movie men today i saw well i saw it yesterday eric saw it today only a few hours ago it is the new alex garland movie and a lot of people will probably be talking about it over the next few days so uh, we are going to just hop on that train and see what we think about it heads up we will probably get into some spoilers pretty quickly but we will warn you when that's about to happen but before that we will give you the basic idea of the movie and kind of our general very general kind of impressions or thoughts about it and then we'll hop right into the spoilers so men is the third feature film by alex garland writer director as a director at least he's a uh, written and I think a bunch of things, and uh, Eric will mention some of those in a second, I think. He's most notable lately for doing Annihilation and Ex Machina, as well as a limited TV series for Hulu, I do believe, called Devs. Anyway, what was the other things he's written? You had a big list of Yeah, it was a bunch of Danny Boyle movies. The Beach, 28 Days Later. Oh, God, now I forgot. <laughs> Sunshine, Never Let Me Go. Man, I was so excited. Okay, watching how the sausage is made we, we recorded this already and then it messed up so this is take two i nailed it the first time but it was the stuff after that i was sucking at so well but yeah uh there's a there's a website called imdb.com that you can go to and if you type in alex garland it'll give you all his credits but needless to say he's quite a talented writer i, I believe he was writing novels before he was doing screenplays uh and uh he's quite a talented writer and i think he's quite a talented director as well i guess you know when you work with uh, danny boyle for so long you kind of stuff kind of starts to rub off on rub off on you so this movie is specifically the basic idea of it is you've got uh jesse buckley's character and we have been loving jesse buckley's work for at least the last year or so she's been finally getting some notice by people outside of kind of the uh, really specific cinephile types, but she's kind of getting noted by a lot of people. Uh, she plays a character named Harper. And at the beginning of this movie, she is going to this small kind of this country cottage out. It's in a small village, but it's pretty isolated. And uh, you can tell really quickly, she's kind of trying to get away from it all. Even more importantly, getting away from some kind of a trauma or something in her life that she's she's kind of escaping from for a short period of time. Uh, I think a couple weeks she's supposed to be there. Right off the bat, she gets kind of walked around the location and kind of introduced to, you know, the, the layout of the house and also kind of the rules there by the owner, caretaker guy, Jeffrey or Joffrey, played by Rory Kinnear. When he's doing that, he's... 
He's a little bit awkward, a little uncomfortable. Doesn't seem like he's the most socially adept person in the world. But then he kind of leaves her to herself. And uh, you kind of get to start to find out what it's all about. And very quickly, it starts to get kind of weird and odd. And she may or may not actually be escaping some of the things she was trying to escape. That being said, we aren't going to say too much more about the actual goings-on of the plot until we get into the spoiler section. But... Eric can start out and kind of give his overall impressions of men. Yes, this uh, this movie didn't really grab me right away. Uh, it was a, it was a little slow going. You know, it finally finally picked up. And I, actually, now that I think, of it, I guess a lot of Alex Garland movies do kind of take a while to get going. But uh, I think overall, this one was good. Uh, with a with a name like Men, uh, you think this is going to be very. Uh, what, what's the word kind of uh, like kind of poking at people, I guess that there's a word for that. And I can't think of the wor- word right now. Well, called scrumptious and prop, prop provocative, maybe provocative. provocative. Or- there you go. Uh, a name like men. And then that trailer they had, it's like, Oh, okay. This is a uh, men sucks. The movie. And I guess it kind of is, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't lean into that too hard. Mostly because I think a lot of this movie is plays more like a poem than it does a uh, narrative. You know, we're not it, obviously we mentioned uh, we'll mention spoilers before we get into those. But if we didn't, I don't think a lot of it will make sense to you until you see the movie because it it goes in it it goes it goes weird. And in fact, if you've seen Annihilation, you know of that bear. When I went into the movie, I was like, well, I don't expect them to have a scene as creepy as that bear scene, but it would be nice if it if if it went there. And it does. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I would say uh, that is kind of a big warning. I, I think what you're mentioning is good to say as far as the style, because it is very artsy and and like you said, more like a poem. So you aren't going to get a very straightforward A to B narrative in this one. So kind of be warned. A lot of people aren't going to be, I guess, satisfied by the the overall movie. I was probably I was probably on board a little earlier than you were, but I tend to be a little more into that kind of stuff in general when the two of us kind of look at different movies. Not always. Sometimes I get totally turned off by those two, but uh, with her kind of as leading the role here, I was I was pretty on board. And one other thing I'd mention, you talked about how you expected it to be a lot more like, hey, all men suck and that's the movie, you know, and a lot of the people I've heard give really negative reviews. A lot of people have been kind of mediocre and some really positive and the really negative ones I've heard, a lot of them have taken it as you know, men suck the movie and that's all they've taken away from it. So I think another thing we'll kind of notice as we talk about this is this is one of those movies, I think a projection movie. Like this is a movie where if you have a real, I guess a real ax to grind one way or the other, you could, you can kind of impose your thoughts upon it. I think I ended up enjoying it quite a bit too. And I think every day that I'm sitting with it, which has only been two days, I think about, I'm thinking about it and I'm liking it more and more. And I think the point you brought up about it not being about that as much, I think it's actually kind of key to whether you'll like this movie or not. And uh, when we talk about spoilers, I think we can get into that. If you were to see if you agree with me on this, this is a really hard movie to recommend to most people. Would you agree on that? Almost. Uh, because when I went and saw it, there were quite a few people in the theater, to my surprise. I wasn't sold out, but there was a lot of people there. And, uh, you know, other than the shithead that wouldn't shut the fuck up, I think a lot of people seem kind of, and maybe it's just uh, me projecting, but I got a lot of people kind of bored or where, where's this going towards the beginning until spoilers start happening. 
And then now I'm starting to hear people go, whoa, what? Oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> and now they're in other than the guy talking, there's people making actual legitimate like noises and reactions. So I think I might actually recommend this. I would not recommend it if if you're not a fan of violence. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Also, if you're, if, for you. if those people, you know, that if they go to horror movies or they go to certain movies and they want them to be really straightforward, like those kind yeah. of people aren't going to like this either. But if you know people are, they can go with the weird a little bit, or if they can go with the weird a lot. Yeah. And I think that definitely it's worth a try for them because it definitely, I mean, the third act goes places. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and I think it, it doesn't go as hard as like something like Mother. Because uh, Mother goes way off the rails. True. In my opinion, in a fantastic way. I fucking love that movie. Yep. But uh, Mother's like one of those movies that might be a little too weird for people. And in fact, I know it is because I've heard people talk about it. But I think this is just weird enough. But it it's uh, kind of almost like a David Lynch movie in some ways where it's like kind of makes sense, but it's also everything's kind of a metaphor for things. So what you're seeing isn't exactly what you're seeing. It means something else, but it doesn't go. I don't want to say it goes as hard as that as something like mother does, or even with another David Lynch, something like Inland Empire does. It doesn't quite go that far. And I, think just based on the reactions of the people in my theater i I think this would be like one of those movies where someone would watch it you know kind of checking their phone picking their toenails whatever and then when the weird shit starts happening and then the movie ends they'll be like dude holy shit you gotta see men right (laughs) (laughs) well and and to its to its credit i mean kind of talking about what you're talking about and i think then after we can probably jump into spoilers after that but um a lot of times the complaint with uh whatever you want to call them slow burn movies or these kind of these elevated horror whatever you want to call them these the things that people complain about is that a lot of times they just don't have they don't ever get someplace horrific you know they kind of just go and go and go and then nothing really kind of fizzles out this definitely whether you like it or not it's gonna give you some stuff at the end that you will not forget (laughs) you know for sure and and i i I was kind of like i wasn't too worried about the because it's alex garland you know right um, when when they started doing the indie porn stuff at the beginning i was like this is alex garland he's gonna he's gonna bring it around he always does and he did (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so he did, but but there's other like uh, there's other indie filmmakers where they did that indie like the the slow burn, and then they maintain the slow burn to the fact that you know to the point that nothing happens. Yes, and then it's like wow, I just watched two hours of nothing. This is not that. This actually finally goes somewhere. Whether you like where it goes or not is up to you. But yeah, yep, absolutely. I, I agree with you so, totally on that. So let's hop into spoilers. So. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're going to get into spoilers and very, very quickly. You're listening to Find Your Film After Dark. uh, (laughs) It's good having you here. I believe I like the movie and it sounded like Bruce liked the movie too. So if you want to go check out Man, hey, more power to you. I got the dollars. If you got the time, Uh, we're going to get into some spoilers now. So if you've seen the movie or you don't give a crap, then just sit back and relax as we spoil the shit out of some man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the first thing I, I guess we'll just give kind of the basic some of the basic spoilers, get them right out of the there, and then we can actually talk about what we think some of this is about and what it actually means. So the one of the biggest things is, and I think this is kind of in the trailer I've heard. I didn't really watch the trailer. I tried to avoid it, 
But um, I heard that they do show that this character played by Rory Kinnear, his face starts to appear on all the men in the movie. And to the point that he's almost the only other person you see in this movie. There's a, there's a couple others, but yeah, there's her, there's uh, her friend, Jesse Bucky. Uh, what, what's his name? Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear, Jesse Buckley's husband, mm-hmm. and Jesse Buckley's friend. Right. And that's it. Yep. So <laughs> Rory so, Kinnear plays like all the <laughs> all the all the men characters within that village. Right. So the basic things you find out are the basic trauma that she has is that uh she you see in flashbacks kind of slowly revealed that her husband and her were splitting up. She was trying to leave him and he was essentially emotionally blackmailing her into to the point that he was saying, you know, if you leave me, I will kill myself. And she's not having that. She's like, that's just absolutely unfair. And that's, that's wrong. And then he gets so angry to the point that he hits her. And then she really kicks him out. And then he does end up falling to his death, whether or not he jumped from the upstairs apartment or was climbing down and fell she's never been sure about either way the implication is that uh his his kind of his curse that you know you're going to be stuck with my death on your conscience okay. is has kind of come true which is uh, kind of the the basis for all of the things that she's trying to escape and uh, then if, if i had that real quick on the whether yeah. he fell or tripped or whether he jumped or fell I, I feel like he fell because how they set up his character, he's the kind of guy that would want to sneak into the window and continue the. And one of the great parts of this movie is, was when uh, he hit her mm-hmm. and she gets pissed off and she's like, this was your big plan to win me back. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I would say all the interactions that they have in the flashback are really, really well written and really well acted. Like it's just done in a way where it's like, he is so he's grasping onto her so hard in such a way that for anyone from the outside can see like this, this is not going to go anywhere to what you want to have happen. Yeah. And she's also acting very strong. Like she's, she hates having to do it, but at the same time, she knows it's what she needs. So yeah. I, I think that that is done really, really well. And like you said, when he hits her and then she says that, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> dude, right? <laughs> Don't you understand this? I just want to get in there and like give her a big hug and go, you did it. You did yeah. it. Good job. <laughs> and then just leave. Yep. And, and as I'm leaving, like, didn't mean to mansplain it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, then the the other basic events that happen really quickly are is that she goes on a walk when she's out at this place. She goes out on a walk, and while she's out on this walk, she goes to the tunnel. And this is in the, the preview as well, her in this tunnel, and she's like making it echo. And then uh, a stranger appears in the distance. and it seems real, to, real quick. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Not, let's not glance over that echo. It's so cool. It, it, it was almost like a song. Mm-hmm. Like she was kind of She was kind of singing to herself. It, I, it didn't. I don't think it really had too much to do with story wise, but it's it, that was like one of those scenes, like uh, like you hear uh people talk about like a, and I kind of agree with this too, uh, like the Dark Knight with the Joker, he's hanging his head out the window of the cop car. There's not much there. It's just a you know short scene, but it, it's a really nice scene. That this was one of those nice scenes with her just kind of having a good time in the tunnel and singing to herself. Uh, through the echoes i i just didn't want to blow past that because i thought no well and to the point that it becomes part of the the score too yeah like they keep using the score and and it thematically it works to echoes and and things kind of coming back to her and repeating like that's something that happens a lot in this movie oh yeah good point 
So, I mean, I think that there's something. I'm glad you're talking to me about this Bruce Smart. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, this strange figure kind of seems to follow her and it kind of freaks her out. And once again, immediately this kind of idyllic and seemingly uh, isolated away from the danger all of a sudden becomes threatening to her. And she runs back into the field. And as she runs back into the field, kind of away from this little ravine, she sees this kind of strange naked dude standing on the edge of this kind of dilapidated, run-down building. And she takes a picture of him. And at the first, at the moment you see him, I don't know about you, but I'm like, well, is this just a vision or is this actually a person? Like you're wondering, right? Like, is she actually seeing a human being? But he's on the, the camera. Like she sees him on the camera. And then back she goes. And then he ends up literally coming all the way to their house to the point that he tries to break in and the police come and take him away. And that's kind of the first big event that happens. I don't know how much else do we want to go into. Then, then after that is when things start to I mean, we could, go off the rails. We could just go through the whole plot if you yeah. want. <laughs> I think it was around the time where the where they had the kid or was supposed mm-hmm. to be a kid. Yep. That's about the time where I was like, hey, wait, these are all the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick up on it right away because like the cop is the same guy, but he like looks a little different. The naked guy's like all messed you know, up shit all over his yeah. face. And so like I didn't I and I'm fucking slow, so I didn't pick up on that right away. About the time when the kid shows up, and uh, you know, I want to, you want to play with me? No, oh, fuck fucking you, bitch. bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that kind of looks like. Him. In fact, the the fucking uh, the vicar kind of looks like him too. Yep. In fact, that cop kind of looks. Like, holy shit! Is this the same guy playing all these parts? And sure enough, it was. And uh, hey, you're listening to Find Your Film After Dark. My name is Eric, and I'm completely <laughs> slow. <laughs> so, so yeah, like what Eric's saying is that you know everywhere she goes, that she's seeing the same guy as all these different men. And so, this is the point where I think people diverge on this movie, right? So, the people I've heard hate this movie. They're saying things like, "Well, how didn't she notice that all these people look the same?" And blah 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 blah. And of course, thematically, the idea is that these are all different versions of kind of misogynistic or sexist or threatening men and they're all different types you know there's the the religious you know guy that's supposed to be there to help you but he's also sexually like predatory and there's a little kid who's just like you know just a little shit you know and then there's the the cop who's basically not helping her not believing her and there's like all that kind of stuff and i don't know about you so that's the first thing i kind of want your reading on so i read it as well, first of all, there's two different things I'm not sure about with this. I don't think that they really look like the same person to the rest of the world. I think yeah, that's... that's that would have been my guess too. Because well, my first response to how did she not notice? Uh, my first response is I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but she's smarter than I am. The way this movie goes is a lot of it isn't what you're seeing. Like right. I said, this is, this is a poem. They all look the same. They're all played by the same actor. And that's what they're supposed to represent within the movie. I don't think that within the within whatever realism there is within the movie, I don't think that they're actually the same person. What they look like is what they represent, not what they to actually her. are. With- Even more so to her, right? Yeah. So I think the idea, this is what, how I read it too, is like if you were a, an objective observer standing from outside you would see her talking to all these different men yeah if you if you snapped your fingers and all of a sudden the movie wasn't a movie anymore right it would look completely different and then we snap our fingers again now we're back in movie time and now they're what they represent and in a sense she even knows they're different people but she is seeing them as the same because her she's mentally 
saying like, oh, you're another, Sexist. you're another one They're of these. The yeah. You're another asshole. You're just a different type of asshole, but you have the same face because, yeah. so it's just, it's just a metaphorical way of showing that. So th- right off the bat, when people complain about that, I think they're just not getting a basic construct here of that. Yeah. So that, and that, so we kind of agree on that. I think that is exactly the, the point. And that's why I think that you're right. And I agree with you on the fact that this isn't really about displaying to us that all men are bad. This is about her journey yeah. and the, the way that she's already been traumatized and all, all of these aspects of men are even accentuated worse because she's constantly feeling threatened by this like yeah. reality that she's kind of stuck in. The question I have, here's a big question I have, and then we'll talk a little bit about the end, which goes crazy, visually goes crazy. The question I have is what events are actually occurring in the end of this movie and what oh, events you mean like are the... not actually occurring in the end of this movie because uh, I'll get to it a little more so so basically she what do you say the middle third of this movie is her encountering all these different men yeah and getting threatened by them one way or another yeah yeah we're <laughs> talking about that to the point that they start she kind of so there's a, there's a, a kind of a, a period where she kind of encounters all these people out in the world, right? And then there's another period where they all start coming to her house. Yeah. So like the, the cops standing outside, the vicar ends up in her house, the the naked guy who apparently has been let go, like they didn't have anything to hold him on, so they let him back go, let him out into the world. He shows back up. Uh, even some of the weirdos from the the bar that we just kind of see in the side, they show up. The I get what's the biggest first event is that the naked guy is it the naked guy that tries to stick his hand through the the door slot. I think that was it's it's hard to say because they at that point they switch back and forth between right. the characters so much. I think it was the kid, but mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. But either way, the person sticks her hand to the slot, and essentially we saw earlier on how her husband died, like how physically he was damaged, like. When he landed on the – his hand and his arm landed on the spike, and he was kind of crushed, and his leg was all fucked up. And slowly, as all these different versions of these men start attacking her, she starts damaging them in the way that her husband had been damaged when he died. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this really great scene where the hand gets just slowly sliced in half. <laughs> that part. That part. Yeah, that, in the theater, up. I heard a lot of – Yeah. <laughs> But then for the rest of the time, and actually, I just talked a little bit with Andrew Martin. Andrew Martin mentioned how there's, he thought the thing like was inspir- inspirational to some of the look of this, too, and even some yeah, of the I themes. That. And that whole arm-hand thing ends up being continuing to be split and weird through the rest of the movie, which I thought was really cool. But my question is here. So at this point in the movie, I want to know what actually happens. Uh, how do we talk about it? We got to talk about the, the- Oh, we're in spoilers now. I already yeah. did the find your film after dark and uh, spoiler talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I already did that. So we're good. okay. So she has these various, various encounters. She talks to Tiana, he the vicar. She has to stab him. She finally tries to get out of the house. She finally starts to drive away from the house and she hits Joffrey, right? Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was the landlord. Yep. And then she gets pulled out of the car and then, he drives away and comes back and tries to hit her and ends up hitting into the wall. And then the final sequence starts, the really fucked up sequence that'll be talked about for a long time from this yes. movie, where... And let's, just, the, let's just bathe in this and go yeah. ahead and describe 
where the naked when that when that happened they did that the close-up of the vagina opening and then the head comes out and it's another one of them and then they just like all of a sudden like their stomach gets real big and they get weighted down and then the vagina opens up again and another one comes out it was just like basically just birthing itself towards yeah oh my god that was that was so fucking it was when it happened once, your jaw was like, whoa, what are they doing here? And then when it happened again, you're like, what the fuck? And then it kept happening. Um, and it kept happening out in different parts of the body, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it, the first time it was a traditional, like, a uh, birthing scene. They were kind of laid down with their with their knees up, that sort of thing. And then there was a part where, like, they would, like, kind of fall. Oh, fuck. There was a part where he was, like, puking up feet. Yeah, his and, and it came, came like out of their mouth. It was coming out of his shoulder blades, all that kind of stuff. So I would, I would love to see a behind the scenes on how they did that. I'm guessing, like with the feet part of probably a lot of that is CGI, but I would love to see like how much of that was CGI and how much of that was practical. Yeah, me too. Because it it looked it looked horrifying. Obviously, <laughs> it really did. Especially like when the the new body came out and you saw the old body just kind of slough off in the background. Oh like, god. Ugh. Yeah, it was amazing. And this is the part where you're talking about, like, you didn't think there was going to be something as creepy as the, the man, dog, bear, whatever it was. And it really was. Yeah. So, so, and all this shit happens. And eventually the final one births out and it's her husband. And he's, at this point, she's grabbed the axe, which her girlfriend over Zoom or whatever had suggested she grab. Yeah. Which I thought that was kind of interesting. And I haven't quite decoded that yet. She has the axe and he just kind of sits down and he goes like... And then what does she do? She goes, um, she asked him what he wants and he, or what, what do you want from me? And he said, your love. Right. And then, and then the, the friend shows up and then this is where, cause like the whole time that's happening, I'm thinking, oh, this is, uh, this is like a dream sequence or she's going crazy or whatever. Maybe we're just in fucking inland empire territory and things are going nuts. But then her friend comes and she sees the blood. And I'm like, oh, this probably really happened. Like within, <laughs> within well, see, the, uh... and that's where my question comes in. I really am interested, and I don't think there's going to be ever a, a true answer. And this is this is where I think the crux of the movie kind of comes down is like, so we know that some of this is metaphorical, Maybe. and we know Maybe. that some of this is from her point of view. But what actually does happen? I I got an idea, and I didn't think of this until literally just now. Yeah. But she sees the blood, mm-hmm. and that's another metaphor. That's her, you know, when you see a friend, mm-hmm. what what's wrong? They don't say anything. They don't do anything, but you know, because you're close enough to them. Right. The blood on the floor represents a friend noticing something's off. And then she, but she looks up at her and then she's smiling because she already kind of, she already kind of went through it in her head. You know, she went through the the emotional turmoil and her friend notices something's wrong. But maybe some maybe it's not wrong now. Maybe she finally got got over it or or came to a conclusion or whatever. But, but her so car, I, his, I, her I, car is wrecked too, though. Do you think she just yeah, did but, it herself? But, but what I'm saying is, I don't think the friend seeing that. I I think that's still a meta. Like I don't think her. Now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think her friend is uh, bringing us back to reality. I don't think any of this movie is in reality. It, her friend seeing the blood and her friend seeing the car is the same as friend seeing like a you know the friend like looking down i got someone that doesn't know him wouldn't pick that up but a friend would god they would pick it up as clear as blood on the ground and a crashed car over there 
And so I, I could I could see that being the case. That actually makes sense. And of course, when she's having her calls with her friend, it keeps like like phasing out and and like it's like intentionally not letting her communicate with her friend as well. That's like part of a part of the yeah. uh, situation. Did you think so? So what is we never see her response to her husband's answer. Like, how do you read that? What do you think is supposed to happen in that moment? I mean, it's kind of like any movie where you have the unknown. You'll never see the interaction. You're like the whisper in the ear and lost in translation or pick your thing. I, th- I thought she did react to it. The, this is this is certainly a movie I need to watch against. There's Me so too. De- there's so many details there. Me too. too. Easy to miss. And this is one of them. But I mean, just based on how they presented her character throughout the movie, I'm guessing her response would be like, like, what do you want? Your love? It's like, okay, well, cool. I d- I don't care. <laughs> I don't want yeah. yours. Well, that definitely wasn't like, see, and, and if, if people read that, it's like, oh, see, he's a good guy. Well, that's definitely misreading no. the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always was his problem, is that he is trying to take love from her. You know, like that's, he he's owed it. You know, that's something he wants. He's almost honest with it because uh, clearly his character is a narcissist. Right. You know, because if someone breaks up with you, you know, it hurts, but, right. you know, you, you got to you gotta just kind of move on. You don't try to beat them into submission. That doesn't, uh, that's not how you need to do that. I feel like there was a weird moment and it's right before it cuts. So he says what he says, and then she's sitting there holding the ax. And I feel like there's this quick moment where she kind of looks at the ax or she kind of like touches the blade or something. There's something that indicated to me, like she was about to just take him apart. And uh, that could be too. And I think it's obviously left purposely open, but whatever she did, she didn't give him what he wanted. She might have just walked away from him and said, like, no, I'm still leaving and just left him. But uh, was your reading then that the final say was that basically this whole experience allowed her to finally leave on her terms? Yeah. So, I mean, at least something like within that ballpark for sure. Yeah. Because the whole point was that he was dictating her. He was trying to, he was controlling her mental state by his actions. And And by the way, that's not love. Exactly. If you have to, if you have to uh, use violence and gaslighting to get someone to stay with you, it's not because you love them. It's because you, right. uh, your ego's hurt. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so the whole point, the whole point is not that men are assholes. It's like oh, they can be. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I mean, but it's really about this relationship and about her yeah. finding a way through all this bullshit and all this terror and all this stuff to like be able to essentially free herself of it you know what i mean yeah. that's that's essentially what's getting at i, I oh, think by, by the way awesome. women you can be assholes too so the, we're not oh, yeah. letting you off the hook but just for this movie Which when, I, when we talk about alex garland's women then we'll talk about that in, yeah uh, <laughs> well and it's this woman in this particular situation that we're watching you know it, it's sure it's representations of all the kinds of ways that men are assholes yeah but it's her, it's her journey. And I think that's the thing people that hate this movie are really not getting. When they're hating it in the way I was saying, they're like really missing the point. They're saying, oh, this is just a really simplistic story about like all men being assholes. Like we already got that. And it's like, that's no, <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> that's like the, the all men are assholes. I'm like, well, I mean, are you an asshole? If so, change. Yeah. Otherwise, sorry. <laughs> well, and this movie could do that for people like, too. Like, like if, if you're, tr- if you're truly not an asshole. Yeah then you shouldn't be offended by this. Right. And if you are an asshole and you don't like that and you don't want people to look at you as an asshole, then maybe do non-asshole things or try to, you know, I'm, I'm a fucking dickhead a lot of times. Oh yeah. And then I'll look inside myself and go, I don't like that about myself. I'm going to change that. 
Right. I don't, I don't blame a movie because they represented me correctly. <laughs> right. And being the self-aware is the first step, but being self-aware isn't the last step. And a lot of people think yeah. like, well, I know it about myself, so I'm fine now. But it's like, well, you actually have to change too. <laughs> <It's Yeah>. like, <laughs> you know? And then the other thing is if you think Jeff Joffrey or someone like that is also not an asshole in this one, then you have to understand like why he is, then you might learn something too, I suppose. But I think yeah. the more important thing is really her journey. And that's the real story. And, I think it's a pretty damn good movie. I think it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I give this uh, I give this movie three. <laughs> no, this is audio from one split hand up. Fucking <laughs> Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtle hands. Yeah, live long and prosper is what she said at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie had a lot of cool stuff going for it. I I don't know this is my favorite like it. I mean, if I'm going to reduce it to that, I don't know that this is my favorite Alex Garland movie. You know, that's like not my favorite Tarantino movie. I love them all. (laughs) This is just another one that I love. Well, and no matter what you think, he's making original and unique and really, he's really willing to go for it. Like, I mean, he's making movies that will probably piss people off. And that always is a good sign. You know, that means someone's trying things out. They're not just, you know, making the basic story. So. And also, uh, much like when we talked about everything, everywhere, all at once, when I went to the theater, my theater, it wasn't packed, but there was a lot of people in there. And so that's, that's a good sign for, you know, you got any movies like this that people are showing up to. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's a good sign. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to run out of Zoom time pretty quick here. Anything else that you'd want to tell people other than just check it out or at least give it a chance? Go check out the movie. And uh, while you do, maybe stop by finderfilmpodcast.com and pick up a uh, glass or a (laughs) t-shirt. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. And uh, check out our Find Your Film podcast uh, every week and uh, check out Cinematics and listen to the dulcet, sexy tones of Mr. Greg Cervasti. Greg. We oh, Greg. To Greg with you. Oh, I should have wrote a song. We're only two thirds. We're only two thirds of a man without Greg. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Oh, and let us know what you think. What are your readings? I'm sure there's a lot of cool readings that we haven't even come up yeah. with on this movie and a lot of Dude, cool this, details. Yeah, this is a movie you can watch like a hundred times and come out with a different thing every time. Oh, yeah. There's but. so much weird shit we haven't delved into. There's the deer. There's the green man stuff. I don't even know what all that means yet. And it's Killing yeah. the crow again. Yeah. <laughs> the crow with the mask on. <laughs> Holy shit. There's a lot of cool shit in this movie. Anyway, thank you all for listening and let us know what you think and uh, check out our other uh, recordings and our other shows. <laughs>